This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at audible.com slash primal. That's audible.com slash primal. This podcast is also brought to you by Primal Kitchen Restaurants, providers of fast, casual dining experiences where taste and the freshest ingredients always come first. To learn more about franchise opportunities, visit PrimalKitchenRestaurants.com. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things Primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Damage Control, Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, anti-aging supplement, available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. And now, introducing your host, L. Russ. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Elle Russ, and I'm here today with my fellow primal expert and business partner, Eli Rohde. And today, we are going to be discussing paleo tips, tricks, nuances, and mishaps. Hey, Eli. How are you doing? Hi. I'm great, Elle. So we're going to go through a bunch of topics. Some might be more toward, geared more towards newbies and rookies, and then, you know, of our conversation will be catered to people that might already be in the swing of things. But let's start off with the 21 days or forget the amount of days. Let's just talk about the transition, actually making the decision to go paleo, to to adhere to a certain food list, and to really make that transition from sugar burner to fat burner, and what that feels like, and how to deal with some of the bumps. But first of all, before we talk about like the physical bumps and the, you know, maybe food mistakes that go along the way, let's just talk about motivation and willpower for a second. I just want to throw out there that Sometimes when people try to change their life, particularly if you've been sedentary or you really don't feel good in your body and you're overweight and you just are feeling like, wow, I've treated my body like crap. I don't really think that the most success is going to come from trying to adjust everything in your life at once, right? Like joining the gym, quitting smoking, quitting, you know, all of these (laughs) things in one fell swoop. My sort of approach, and I don't know how you feel about it, Eli, but my approach would be to those people is... Just master the willpower of 30 days of eating correctly, at the very least. If you're not already a walker, don't all of a sudden become a gym member. Right, right. Right? You know what I'm talking yes. about? Because this takes willpower this month. It's like, um, you know, I have this analogy. There's, You can have certain things on a dial, and the dial goes from 0 to 10, and you can dial them up, and you can dial them back. And certain things can be on a switch, like it's on or it's off. And if you decide you're going to change the way you eat, change your way of eating, I don't necessarily want to call it a diet because it has negative connotations, uh-huh. but if you want to change the way you eat, maybe you need the dial. Maybe you were at 10 eating you know, Skittles and sandwiches every day, and you need to dial it back to five right away and you know have some eggs for breakfast and a salad for lunch and a burger for dinner. But maybe some people need to flip the switch. Now, when I say that, so they flip the switch, it's on. They're doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make the transition. I'm doing 21 days or 30 days or whatever it takes for them. But yes, make that your focus and kind of do it in little bites versus, okay, I'm going to walk once a week. 
I never walked before. I sat on the couch all day. Now I'm going to walk once a week versus I'm need healthy. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to get in a better relationship and, you know, <laughs> a divorce. I, I'm, no more ice cream. Dogs in the pound. Everything, <laughs> everything. Changing it all at once. And it's too overwhelming. And honestly, doing something to that level causes stress and stress is bad for your overall well-being looking at the whole you know addressing the whole picture so if you're stressing out about what to eat and what not to eat more importantly you want to dial it dial it up or back a little as needed yeah. and you'll make that transition maybe instead of 21 days it'll take you 44 days right but it's it's better it's easier and it's going to keep your stress level down yeah, don't all of a sudden become a triathlete overnight and thinking that you can, right. you know. The I'm other thing, run a marathon, I'm going to do it all. Yeah, and I see it all the time. I mean, I see people that, and I think what it is is when someone can look at a comprehensive, like, okay, I'll join a gym, I'll do that. It's exciting. It looks like a fully new picture of life, and I get that, but you're setting yourself up for failure. And especially with this transition, because especially during the first couple of weeks, You've got some, uh, it's willpower symptom, needs to come and you've in. You've got some symptoms. That That's, you right. Deal with. Yeah. That's right. Well, before we get into those, let's talk just a little bit more about, you know, I just want to encourage everyone too, because you and I have both been there. I've definitely been there where you're overweight. You don't feel good in your body. You just always thinking about food and you want to make the change, you know, prepare yourself for the change too, right? If you know, you're going to start this month, you know what I mean? Maybe prepare mm -hmm. yourself. Maybe that's yeah. the time to say goodbye to some waffles you need to mm -hmm. have uh, for mm -hmm. a while. Um, and at the other time, and the other side of that, it's, hey, everyone, if you want it badly enough, you'll do it. Get it done. Do it. I mean, the for only sure. people that I know that are successful, including myself, is because they want it badly in their life enough. So really think about that. And that's something I really tell everybody is how badly do you want it? Because the friend that comes to you twice a week or complaining about wanting to get in shape and exercise and lose weight and then five, six years go by. It's falling on deaf ears after That's that. right. It's falling on deaf ears. And also you clearly don't want it right. that bad. So right. how badly do you want it? Because at exactly. the end of the day, in your lowest moments, you know you want it bad. So do it. Right. So get out there and do it. And, and I, I agree with that completely. And I think that goes for so many things in life. It's like if you're going to always say, I want this, I want this, I want this, but you never take steps to get it, then the bottom line is you don't really want it. Right, right. And, and you know what? That's fine too. But don't sit and tell yourself and your friends and everybody around you how badly you want it because you don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, so yeah, I mean, a little bit of encouragement there and just really everyone take a look. This is... If you want to go through this transition for a month, you don't even need to lift one finger in terms of uh, exercise if you don't want to. But it does take a mastery of willpower with food. And for then sure. Let, and then let's get into these symptoms a little bit because as you're transitioning from a sugar burner, I had a bad deal time there with exhaustion and moments. Your brain is craving sugar. It's a, it's lying to you because oh, it's, I, dr you know, I dreamt but it's... about cupcakes all the time. And <laughs> cupcakes you? are not like a go-to thing for me. But I would dream that I was eating cupcakes. And I also think that was, again, me causing myself too much stress because I would wake up from the dream and be like, oh no, I had cupcakes. And then I would realize, <laughs> oh, okay, it's just a dream and I need to chill out. I'm thinking about what I'm eating far too much. That's hilarious that you're dreaming about cupcakes. That shows yeah. how much your brain was like, give me pure yeah. sugar. Oh yeah. Now. <laughs> Frosty. It wanted sugar. You know, I cut off the grains really quickly and it wanted processed food. Me too. Me too. So that's, that's one of the, um, having your brain tell you're hungry, craving sugar when 
or craving food because you think you're hungry, but you're really not. So in those moments, you have to look at, okay, am I really hungry here? Can I get through this? And if sometimes a little piece of fat, sometimes a little spoonful of coconut butter, a little nibble of something can just kind of tide you over uh, for a few hours until you really know that you need to eat, eat. Because sometimes I'd have those cravings and they were just not warranted. And they're not. For sure. And And it's almost just, you know, again, it takes time to build a habit, a good habit, and it takes time to break a bad habit. And if you're a person who was snacking, like, I, I don't know why I always go to Skittles. I don't even really, I'm not a <laughs> Skittles person, but I know people that do. And if you're a person who was like, kept Skittles at your desk or in your car or whatever and would snack on them all day long, you were constantly on sugar. You're constantly on sugar. And it's going to take a while for you to break that habit. Just like somebody who smokes cigarettes, you know, every time they got in their car, they smoke a cigarette. Every time you get in your car, you eat Skittles. Well, you got to find something else to do when you're in your car now. Yeah. And when the craving comes up because your body's then expecting it and it's right. not getting it. It's a habit. So, yeah. And when I say like this whole thing takes willpower, uh, willpower, I want to let the audience know that it's not really long-term willpower as much as it's really the short-term from making that transition. And even though it's a month to start as, as sort of a first, you know, uh, go ahead at it, mm-hmm. it, as long as you maintain it, it doesn't take willpower beyond that because it is such a way of life. You are satiated eventually. You're not having these cravings. You can go so long without food. So, you know, it's really not much in your life to have willpower for one month to fix a lifelong of food addictions and nightmares. So, well, and I honestly think, you know, especially now that I'm, I'm a lot further down the path and I just, all of the things that went away that I didn't even, I know I always talk about this, but I didn't even know these things were quote unquote happening to me or quote unquote wrong with me. Right. You know, like I would have heartburn every once in a while. I never have heartburn now. Never. Right. And I'd never realized it was probably from grains or probably from processed foods, or maybe it was from vegetable oils in the grain products I was eating. You know, it, whatever it was, I don't have it anymore. And, you know, I I hear people say, well, I can't eat tomato sauce because it gives me heartburn. And I think to myself, or is it the pasta that you're eating the tom- right. you know, with the tomato sauce. And, and, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's, you have to draw that line of, I want to help you and I want to teach you to, oh my gosh, you're crazy and you're doing it wrong. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and let's actually, let's just chat about that for a minute. Cause once you are successful, you see the results. It's so easy and just sort of feels right to go and shout it from the rooftops and tell oh, everyone yeah. you know and try to like convince everyone to do it. And what is it always backfires? Always. Well, not always, but a not lot. always. A lot of times. And the way it really doesn't backfire is just by living by example. People eventually see the difference and they they start asking about it. I found that's just the way to go really oftentimes when people right. are receptive. You know, and I have a really good friend who's a physician and she knows that I don't go to see physicians regularly. And she said, you know what? I applaud you. You live the healthy life for, I'm here for you if you need me. (laughs) But there are a lot of people who don't live the healthy life. And so I have to be there for them to help them because they're not bothering to take the healthy path. And so there are a lot of things wrong with them. And I was like, huh, that's right. You know, like, all of these, it, it makes such a major change in your life that yes, you do want to shout it from the rooftops, rooftops and you want to help your friends that are overweight or have skin issues or have, uh, you know, maybe 
ADHD issues or sure. um, stress or anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. And you think diet, diet, diet. It's always diet. The answer for me is always diet. And it is 80% of your body composition anyway. So that's why I say, you know, willpower with the food is where you have to start, um, you know, if you're a newbie, newbie, newbie to this. Right. And again, like you said, I don't even, I never even think of it as willpower now. If I see cupcakes or I'm I'm more like savory foods, but if I see something, pizza, you know, I think to myself, well, I just don't eat that because it's crap and it makes me feel like crap. Yeah. I just look at it a different way. I don't look at yeah. it as like food anymore. I look at it as like a once in a while cheat, a very rare occurrence right, where right. I know exactly. that I'm going to do that because it might be worth it. But yeah. Right. Um, I want to talk about another sort of mistake that people make in the 21 days and in general is really overeating protein. I've made the mistake. I'm sure you have. Oh, um, for sure. And it doesn't really feel right at the end of the day. And you're going to have to find your own sort of threshold of what that means for you. If you're, you know, six foot five dude ripped, you might, yeah, you might need 120 plus, you know, grams of protein a day. So it's, this is the mistake is, is that when in doubt, eat meat and that you just need to eat more meat. And just to review everybody. Paleo is really a ratio of high fat, moderate protein to low carb. And that doesn't mean all the fat anytime you want. It means what you can handle and what you can burn personally for you. So I know when I eat too much fat because I start to feel a little, not nauseous and like I'm going to vomit, but there's a level of just like, oh, just not even be able to think or look at food. There's a a, not satiated, almost a mm-hmm, repel. Mm-hmm. I can kind of feel it in my skin. There's something about it when I know I've eaten like way too much fat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about you? What about, how do you, how have you felt? Um, with- I would totally agree with that. And I have for sure been caught in the cycle of meats the go-to, you know, well, I'll just grab some meat and oh, more meat. I'm hungry. Meat, meat, meat. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, you know, I started to realize, okay, this, the more I read, it, meat protein can go through gluconeogenesis, which That's then right. is turning it into what? Glucose. And right. Then, <laughs> and then you're back on the sugar burning cycle. Exactly. So you can actually, what happens is, so this is what at least happened to me. I way overgrowed the protein, misgaged the entire situation, and then was sort of still in the sugar burning in terms of the of cravings, course. right? Of course. Until, yeah. until I stopped. And then Mark said, well, what are you snacking on? And I'm like, I don't know, nuts, meat. He's like, well, hold on a minute. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. he's like, first of all, nuts are brutal to snack on when you're going through the month because they're so easy to just shove oh, handfuls. I can eat a thousand. thousand nuts, just sit there and eat it like a bag of popcorn. So yeah. honestly, unless you are disciplined enough to actually take four or five nuts, um, okay. <laughs> which I'm not. A shot glass. A spoonful. I, I take a, a shot, glass? shot glass. Yeah, that's usually like the perfect amount, a shot glass of one else. Um, yeah. That's a good idea. I like that as a measurer. Fat bombs. Yes, fat bombs. Fat bombs and fat bombs became my go-to. Um, I have a coconut butter that I know you know about that we love and, uh, I buy their coconut butter and make fat bombs, or I just use what I call all the coconuts, coconut oil, coconut cream, shredded Wait, tell coconut. me about your fat bombs. Tell everyone oh. what your fat bombs mean. It's coconut oil, coconut cream, shredded coconut, and then basically whatever else you want to put in it. So lemon juice, lemon zest, lime juice, lime zest, um, Anything, literally anything you want to put in. You want to put cacao nibs in there? Do so that. So you mix it all up and then put them in the you fridge mix in little it all balls? Up, you put it in a silicone uh, tray. You know, those looks almost like an ice cube tray, but they're silicone. They're like for baking. Right. And put them in the fridge and you've got fat bombs. 
I love they are that. the ultimate go-to snack. I feel me. like you've been holding back on me. I did not know. <laughs> I did not know about these fat bombs, which is now I'm kind of angry. Well, you know, <laughs> I kind of had to tweak it because when I was first looking up fat bomb recipes, I was going to a lot of uh, ketogenic lifestyle sites because they're very big into fat bombs too, and. I think sometimes, definitely not all, I'm not trying to make a generalized statement here, but a lot of the ketogenic people, they don't necessarily care about quality of food. So they'll put a lot of fake sugars in there. A lot of them do. Of course, a lot of them do. But you know what I'm saying? Like ketogenic people can drink Diet Coke all day. I would not drink Diet Coke. I won't touch Diet Coke, you know? Yeah. Not not a paleo ketogenic move. Right. It's still quote unquote ketogenic. So if that's what works for them, that's great. They should drink their Diet Coke. Everyone has their vices, if that's their only vice and they manage to keep their weight healthy, maybe one day they'll quit. I'm not here to judge them. So it took me a while to tweak my fat bombs to be exactly how I wanted them because I didn't want to put a bunch of Splenda or insert other things here. You know, I just wanted to have them be fruity, healthy, delicious, you know, that's I mean, awesome. lime and, and coconut is an amazing combination. Everybody knows that. Oh, love so it. So you put some lime zest in there and some lime juice in there, a little key lime juice. And so then that's that's a great go-to just to it's the bring perfect it back around. That's go-to. the go-to when you're having the moment during the 21 days. Or you could just go for a spoonful of coconut butter. Obviously, your sound, yeah. fat bomb sound, the bomb. But it um, it's so – that's a great go-to, a spoonful of fat, uh, something like a fat bomb – that's kind of what you want to go to when your brain's telling you to eat sugar and right. you're feeling weak during this transition. But if you're dying for chocolate, get the chocolate coconut butter and eat that. Right. There's so many flavors out maple, there. Get the maple coconut butter. If you're dying for vanilla cake powder, they have a vanilla cake powder one, you know? It's exactly. Whatever you need to tide you over, you're going to have a spoonful. Hopefully, you can be judicious with your servings and you're going to be like, wow. I feel better. I feel full. I feel like I satisfied that craving. I feel good. And, and you're I didn't... training your brain. You're training your brain and your body to go, hey, not giving you glucose. You're going to deal right. with this. Yeah. Burn this. Hey, podcast listeners, Brock Armstrong here to remind you that the sponsor of today's podcast is Audible. And you can get yourself a free audio book if you go to audible.com slash primal. That's audible.com slash primal. And you can choose from over 180,000 audio programs over there. I've been using Audible forever, like way back when they were still selling stuff on CD. Or maybe it was chiseled in stone. I can't remember. But it's been a while and I love it. I highly recommend you go and check it out. And actually, there are a number of Primal Blueprint titles over there narrated by some of your your favorite podcast voices like Brad Kearns and Mark Sisson. So go over to audible.com slash primal to get your free audiobook. It's super easy and you're going to love it. I promise. Now back to the podcast with Elle. You mentioned ketosis. Let's jump into that for a second because one of the other mistakes people make, including it's myself, jumping you too, right we, we, we both too. Done, we've both done this. So this is, I mean, honestly, any of the failures we're talking about today, both Eli and I have oh, totally yeah. made. We've, we've tried and failed 
every time, many, many times. (laughs) So basically (laughs) everything you can think of and several times. Totally. So jumping into ketosis, what a, what a mistake to do without researching it uh, fully. So first of all, people go and get the urine strips, which if you know enough about ketosis and you study it are not necessarily the most. Not all that accurate. They're not that accurate. So they're not going to give you the picture of what you really want with ketosis. Um, The other thing is there's just a lot of different nuances, which we won't totally get into around super low carb. But when you're talking about ketosis, you need to factor in like some extra sodium. The the fat needs to be way higher. Um, The symptoms of ketosis, the keto flu, they call it, you know, I mean, you really, really, uh, it's, it's, it's diuretic. So my blood pressure got really, really low and I would stand up and feel like I was going to pass out like 30 times a day. Yeah. That's, uh, that's never, <laughs> that's definitely <laughs> not the like, ketosis. You know this seems bad. <laughs> I'm doing something wrong if I right. feel like I'm going to pass out 30 times a day. Right. So, I mean, I guess the bottom line would be, first of all, get fat adapted. And yes. be there for a while exactly. before you go into ketosis. Then if you want to go in and out cyclical ketosis, if you want to do that, do that. That's fantastic. And you don't want to feel like you're going to pass out. And, and that's, you know, actually, if anyone's really interested in, in getting into ketosis, then Jimmy look Moore. up Jimmy Moore. He's yeah. the expert. Keto Clarity, his new audiobook, I thought was great and amazing. But again, don't jump into that. People learn about primal, then they learn about ketosis and they go, oh, well, if that's the fastest way, then I'll just jump right into that. Now you're going to kind of naturally yeah. go through a little bit of ketosis when you drop from three, 400 carbs a day down to below of course, 150, of 100 anyway. You're going to have that diuretic effect to some extent. Right. You know, you're going to get a little hint of what all of not full blown ketogenic diet is. And, and again, I get it. You know, people say to me, just like I'm sure they say to you all the time, oh, that's right. You don't eat carbs. And I'm like, <laughs> but I, yeah. I'm eating broccoli right in front of your face, <laughs> you know, which is a carb. It, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and I know people think carbs equals bread, Flowers. I guess. I guess that's the, I think people think bread pasta and that's like where it yep. cuts off for them. Yeah. And I, you know, and I don't even go into the explanation anymore of I don't eat grains. Oh, oh, you have celiac? No, I don't have celiac. Oh, well, are you allergic? Well, we're all allergic. You know? <laughs> I'm a human. I'm allergic. Yeah. Well, if you're a homo sapien, you're allergic too. And I'm not saying I never go down the path. Sometimes people are really interested and they want to hear more about it and you end up having a wonderful conversation. But sometimes people just look at you like you're crazy and say you don't eat carbs and you go, yep, that's it. I don't eat carbs. Thanks. Exactly. I'll take the salad. Oh my gosh. People do miss, have so many misconceptions about carbs and they don't understand that a carb is also fruit and a vegetable while minimal compared to a bowl of pasta, of course. it's still a carb. So, But that a steak can turn into a carb potentially, right. you know, that's, that's the other right. thing people don't think. So you know, you have to arm yourself with knowledge. And the good thing is there's so much out there. That's also the bad thing. That's the good thing and the bad thing. There's so much out there that you can learn, 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 learn. But then you got to tweak, tweak, tweak to you, I think. Make it personal to you, like we've been discussing. You know, it's like... um I did ketosis super extreme like you did and <laughs> and I felt like I was going to pass out. And you know, I obviously I wasn't getting enough sodium and I wasn't drinking enough water and et cetera, et cetera, but I learned. So take your information and stay on your journey of knowledge, I think. Absolutely. What other kind of nuances or tips or things do you coach people if they're having any what are some of the common themes that come up when you when you think about going through this transition? You know, the biggest thing that everybody says, and I know that people ask 
all of the coaches, all of the experts from Mark to every blog I've ever read, um, what do you eat? You know, they say, what do you eat? And so I think one of the best tips, tricks, et cetera, is I tell, that I tell people two things. One, make a plan. Make a plan. It's always good to have a plan. That means have food in your house. Don't go home. Don't drive home from work one night thinking to yourself, there's nothing to eat. I'm starving. I didn't defrost anything or I didn't go to the store. So you know what? I'm just going to go to Taco Bell because <laughs> you're hungry. And when you're, when, if, if you're hungry, if you have hungry brain, your hungry brain can talk you into doing all kinds of things your normal full brain <laughs> wouldn't do. Right. You know? So I tell people plan, have, think of it. In the simple way of meat and veggies, meat and veggies, meat and veggies. If you're eating and fat, obviously, I always say fatty meat, so, but I want to clarify that now. Sure. Meat, veggies, fat. Um, so you can get that pretty much anywhere. Anywhere. You can get hard boiled eggs at a salad bar, every salad bar at every grocery store. You can get them at 7 Eleven. Yeah. If you're really in dire straits, you know, and you're stopping into 7-Eleven and you're seeing the gross whatever things they have there that you can throw in the microwave, I don't even know what the ingredients ingredient list on that looks like, but I promise you it's not five ingredients or less. And um, there's boiled eggs. You can get boiled eggs. And you know, you know what I did even the other day, and I just thought of it too, for people that aren't uh, really culinary geniuses or really into cooking mm-hmm. or, or don't even want to bother with the pots and pans. I mean, I, a friend of mine recently gave me a George Foreman grill, and I got to oh, tell yeah. you, I got to tell you, piece of cake, right? this thing's a piece of cake, man. I threw a huge fillet of salmon in here. It turned out gorgeous. It was great. It took yeah, no time nice. at all. They're easy to clean. I mean, yeah, I couldn't even believe are. it. And I'm uh, I'm not getting any kickbacks from the foreman people here. I'm saying this. I I really am kind of impressed with it, and that's just the that's the no brainer way to For grill sure. or do anything. For you sure. can get any piece of fish anywhere. Don't even know how to cook it. Throw it in a George Foreman right. grill. Right. Um, yeah. What do you eat? That's tough. Fat. Make fat your go to is something I tell my clients a lot. You know, like make fat your go to when you are out of ideas. When you're looking in the fridge and you're out of ideas, think what in this fridge has a lot of fat? Okay. I'm going to make something out of that, you know, or I'm just going to eat that. Yeah. Avocado, Avocado. half an avocado is great. Avocado with salt, even a cubed up avocado with some blueberries and some lime or lemon juice. It can be a great little snack, but you've got, you know, a few of the fruit you know, nobules in there to kind of give right. it flavor, but you've right. got mostly fat. It's great. Avocado to me is the perfect quote unquote protein bar. Cause people are often always asking me too about protein bars or protein drinks. And I say, there are some good ones out there for sure. If you need that in your life, me, I bust open an av- avocado. Yeah. And it's funny because your boyfriend does too. Like years ago before I even went paleo, he'd be at the beach, like literally just pulls out an avocado, cuts it in half, just starts eating it. Like, and he's like, this is what, this is my, this is my meal here for right now after, uh, after surfing. I was like, what is going on? So (laughs) delicious. Who are we kidding? I know. I love it. I mean, I couldn't live, life isn't worth living without avocados. Yeah. Any kind of coconut, like little fat bombs made with coconut. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, too, you know what I like? Here's another one. If, if people like coffee, whether you know, decaf or regular, it doesn't matter what you're doing here, but just the flavor, a nice cup of coffee after dinner with the heavy cream and a little cinnamon, mm-hmm. that can be a oh, nice yeah. dessert. And sometimes when I'm 
having moments, you know, where it's night or you're watching a movie and you want to like, there's nothing around. You want like, a sweet treat. You want a little treat. Something like that is so, so satisfying. I put vanilla. I put vanilla yeah. extract in there and it's delicious. You know, it's like a dessert. Heavy cream, if you want it, coconut cream, whatever. If you if you do butter, I mean, that's a great, I hate to use the word meal replacement, but I know you know what I mean. If If you just want to not eat breakfast and you have bulletproof coffee or whatever you want to call it, fat, fat coffee. Some people call it fat coffee, you know, um, you can flavor it however you want and it's delicious. Yeah. And that's kind of my go-to because I'm not a breakfast person. I know you're, you're more of a breakfast person and less a dinner person and I'm the opposite. So right. for me, um, when I get up before I go work out or whatever, if I feel like I need something, I do only go for a little bit of fat. It's rare mm-hmm. that I go for anything else. And honestly, it's not necessarily because I'm even hungry at the time, which I really preach only when you're hungry, but in right. this instance, just because I know I might be going to work out you and don't then going end somewhere, up right? I just know hours down the road, without any and away from home and away from possibly, you know, food in general. Exactly. Like I know that it's going to be many, many hours, and so and bone, bone broth. broth. That's another great breakfast or snack or a go-to. Uh, sure. I like to eat bone broth for breakfast. I make bone broth all the time, uh, chicken bone broth and beef bone broth and mixed bone broth. We have a video on our website, a how-to instructional video of how to make bone broth. And I make it and I keep it in the fridge and the freezer so that I, I'm, I'm constantly making it, but so that I always have a source of it. And I'll take one out in the morning throw it in a pan. I don't have a microwave. I don't use a microwave. Throw it in a little saucepan, heat it up. Right when it's about to boil, I crack an egg in there and it's Ooh. kind of poached egg in my bone broth. And it is man, fantastic. Because I was just going to be like, well, bone broth alone, how, would you put a little butter in there? What oh, it has do? a lot of... I do put butter in there. I do put butter in there sometimes. But remember, it has all the gelatin and the fatty goodness. I mean, it's got a thick layer on top when I pour it in there. For so, sure. But I love adding the egg oh. is like a full deal. That's like a full... That's a full breakfast right there. Yeah. Butter. And sometimes I'll put like chili pepper flakes or you know, whatever, turmeric, whatever spice I'm into for the day. Nice. Yeah. It's delicious. If anyone's interested in that bone broth recipe, go to paleocoaches.com. That's our new site. If you want coaching with either of us or want to contact us for any reason, we've got some recipes up there and the podcast, but bone broth video is up there, which is great. What else? What other kind of, uh, you talked about fat bombs earlier. I'm wondering if you have any other little sneaky, <laughs> sneaky recipes you're not sharing. Um, well, one thing I, w- I want to talk about two other things for sure. I yeah. want to talk about discipline versus deprivation. Love it. Which is why I always try to tell people, I don't want you to feel deprived. I want you to eat enough. I want, I don't want you to be hungry. If you're hungry, you're doing it wrong because fat will make you not hungry. Fat is very satisfying you know, sugar will make you hungry all day long. Think of it as discipline versus deprivation. When you say diet, people automatically think, well, I'm cutting out this and I'm cutting out that and I'm on a diet and I'm telling everybody I'm on a diet and I'm going to wear my diet on my sleeve every single day. Just have discipline. You can still go to lunch with your friends at work, but be disciplined when you're choosing from the salad bar or ordering off the menu. You can get a protein-style burger. That's discipline. That's not deprivation. You still get to go to lunch with your girlfriends. Um, eat enough. Don't be hungry. Those are important. two important things that I say all the time. And again, ties back into discipline versus deprivation. When you're depriving yourself, 
you're just going to make yourself miserable. Yeah. And also too, eating when you're hungry in terms of it's really, especially when you go through the first month, it's hard to not get sucked into social convention of eating times. Of like, course. Oh, it's, it's lunch. lunch I should I eat. Like eat. it's 12 o'clock. I should eat. Or it's breakfast. I'm or it's morning. I'm, it's supposed to be the most important meal of the day. If you're not hungry, don't do it. And right. same, same elsewhere. I mean, like I said earlier, before a workout or something, you know, it's going to be many, many hours before a real meal meal. Sure. Have a little fat, have a little bone broth, have something to, to get you going if you want. But for the most part, it was hard at first because sometimes, you know, I feel like eating my main meal at 3 p.m. That doesn't of course. really work with everyone's life. But you oh, have yeah. to get adjusted to not following conventional restrictions. Well, and that's a tough one, too, because as we know, a lot of people are doing this, quote unquote, on their own. But they're in a family, you know. So right. if you're doing it on your own and you're in a family, I think you just have to see what the support level is there and see if people are willing to work with you, work around you and you with them, or if you kind of are going to have to go it on your own for a little bit. And if you are, and it's that important to you, then that's, that's the path you have to take. Yeah. That would take a lot of extra willpower. If everybody's going to be making dinner every night at six and you, you know, really wanted your big meal to be at four because that's when you got off work and you were, came home and you were hungry and you had defrosted a ribeye, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I, that's a tough one, but I think that's all just part of transitioning to wellness. You know, if they're ordering a KFC bucket of 20 pieces at seven, it can be really hard to not eat that. I'm sure not for me, but right. I, I think it can be hard for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I I know people who are in relationships where someone's not on the same path of wellness or health, and I've heard the partner say, you know, what do I do? How do I get them motivated? And it's like, you know what? You do it for you. You do it for you. If the other person follows, that's great. Don't let the fact that someone will or will not follow uh, trump your chances of success, and you just got to do it yourself, you know? I agree. Then the reward will be even better if you have to do it around someone who's eating pancakes all day. Right. And oftentimes it becomes motivational to the people around you that aren't doing it or haven't done it or weren't interested when they see like, wow, uh, so-and-so hasn't been sick in a year and Mm -hmm. so-and-so gets like amazing sleep and has all this energy and never has elimination problems. And, you know, I'm still stuck in the same boat of... Uh, I'm taking laxatives at night and, and, and things to block me up other times or, or whatever, whatever's happening. I have this constant rash that hasn't gone away. Um, you know, I'm freezing cold. My hair is falling out. Maybe there's something wrong with me. There could, you know, there are a million symptoms that people just learn to live with. And sometimes when someone around you is doing this healthy lifestyle, you become inspired. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the very, at the very minimum, you know, you could, or very maximum, you inspire someone to change their life, but um, at least you changed yours. One more topic before we go, water. So, you know, a lot of people are still subscribing to this. I need to drink 12 glasses of water a day. (laughs) Yeah. And only if you want to pee 1200 times a day. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um, well, and you know, which used to be me because I totally subscribed to that down, you know, before, and I always had water with me no matter where I went. It was like, you know, one of those things. And Mark, I know everyone carries around bottles. Yeah. Mark talks about it with Timothy Noakes on that podcast where, you know, they talk about how we're the only beings that don't drink to thirst. You know, every Mm -hmm. other animal out there 
and living being drinks to thirst. They drink mm-hmm. when they're thirsty and they don't mm-hmm. chug water when they're not. And, right. you know, they discovered this through over hydration issues and triathlons and things like that. Someone actually died from over hydration. Oh yeah, hydration. you balance your electrolytes and you can have a seizure. Right. So if people think the, the way to fat loss is by chugging 12 glasses of water a day, no, I mean, look at your liquid intake and make sure you are hydrated. But to reach a goal specifically of eight to 12 glasses, eight ounce glasses a day is not, not something I think we would suggest. I, I wouldn't suggest it. I mean, you know, if you're on some kind of medication that makes you dehydrated or, or whatever, you have to take in your own personal sure. factors. But yeah, there's a comedian that talks about this. I can't remember who it is, but he's like, when did we all become like babies? We're all babies carrying around bottles. Like we need <laughs> water all the time. And like how I did mean, we ever survive in the wild for more than right? three hours without an Evian? Yeah. I don't even take water on my hikes. And I don't anymore my either. hikes are three to four hours, you know? That's pretty amazing. Well, I figure I can live three to four hours without some water. There are times when it gets really hot where I wish maybe I had water. But, you know, I usually come home and chug a bunch of water because then I'm thirsty. But I don't... Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm going to I live in modern society. I'm going to walk away from my house and I'm going to walk back to where there's water. I'm going to be okay, you know. Right. You're not like 800 miles up the Amazon where right. there's no safe Obviously, drinking water. if I'm backpacking in Yosemite, I need to bring water. But again, I'm walking out of my house that I will eventually walk back to. I think right. I can find some water. So unless you have a reason to, everyone in the audience, uh, medication or otherwise, don't force yourself to No, don't just water. constantly drink water. And I hear people talk about that. Oh, I'm so hydrated. My pee is clear. And it's like, okay, well, time to stop. You know, don't keep doing <laughs> it. You're, you're, you're good. You're hydrated. Let it be. Absolutely. Anything else you want to share before we uh, wrap it up? Uh, there was just one thing, one more thing I wanted to share, and that was... When you start, or even if you're already on the path, two things to remember. Move every day. Move every day. Even if it's just walk around your block. Walk down, walk to the store instead of drive to the store. Even if it's just in the mailbox and you're very, very sedentary and overweight. Move every day. And get your sleep. Don't stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning playing Candy Crush or whatever on your phone or checking your emails or, 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 or there's a million things that our devices can draw us into doing. And I think move and sleep are two very, very important components. And again, we all know diet is, is it. Diet is everything, but move and sleep are really, really important and not to be forgotten. Yeah, and on that move tip, even if like you're having trouble walking or you're or, or it's middle of winter and you're freezing and you're broke can't join a gym, whatever, then you know what? Stand more. Yeah. Just try standing in your house. Try standing for the first ten minutes of a television show. And just right. kind of stand in your kitchen. I mean, I'm standing right now. Um, oh, I pace the entire time I ever talk on these things. And when I talk on the phone, I pace because that's right. it's it always a good opportunity. And I like it, you know. Now, at first, though, even though I um, am athletic and so are you and we exercise, there have been times where I might still just be sitting too much and then making the transition to kind of standing more at first seems exhausting. Oh, like yeah. if, you know, at first when you start standing, you're like, oh, I'm, you're like, I'm tired. I don't, I don't want to stand anymore. And then 
slowly but surely, it's a couple extra minutes, a couple, and next thing you know, you've been standing pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, half the day, and you can't even imagine when you first did it for five minutes, and it's right. exhausting. For so sure. just keep trying it. It's an incremental thing. Don't try to stand for an hour if you've never really standing, and you're just very sedentary. But that's right. one way to really not only just burn calories <laughs> a little right. bit, but to just really, you know, the flexibility. Well, it helps and, you work on your balance and if you're wearing proper footwear, it can make your feet better, you know, and, and I just think it's a, having a good foundation is important and maybe work on your posture a little when you're standing, you know, and again, move and sleep, move and sleep. Those are, you know, I don't tell people do 30 minutes of cardio. Uh, I need you to burn this many calories. I say, move, go If I would love for you to move outside, but if you can't move outside, move inside. If you can't do that, stand up. If someone weighs 500 pounds and they've really spent their whole life in a chair or a couch or whatever, yeah, they need to start with the basics. Yeah, exactly. So even the most sedentary person can attempt standing for a few minutes here and there every day. um, Yeah. And you'll build up the strength eventually to stand longer and longer, and et cetera. Um, and the more weight you shed, obviously, you're not going to be holding that up <laughs> anymore. Right, right. I mean, when you have back pain, the first thing they tell you to do is avoid lifting heavy things. And if the heavy thing you're lifting every day is you, that's right. you have to make some changes. Absolutely. Well, we wish everyone the best. We, we encourage everyone to try this transition if you haven't done it already. And for those that may have gotten off track, we hope you get back on. And if you have any questions or want any coaching from us, paleocoaches.com. Otherwise, check out Mark's Daily Apple for daily blogs and Primal Blueprint for products and podcasts, et cetera. And uh, thanks for joining us, Eli. Thanks so much. Yeah, um, go to our website, email us. We do respond. And anyone who needs coaching help or even just needs to uh, know how to make bone broth, that's what we're here for. You know, I think I might ha- we're going to have to post your fat bomb recipe oh, you up on what? our You're website right. now You're that right. we've talked about it. So everybody, we're going to get on that. And, and in the next few days, I'll make sure that on our website, we have posted the fat bomb recipe. Okay, I'll do the coconut lime ones because oh, who wouldn't so love that? I love the smell and taste of uh, both. All right, everyone. Thanks so much. We'll, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Al. Are you someone who appreciates a fast, casual dining experience? Is it important that the taste of your food and the freshness of the ingredients take center stage? Well, bringing that experience to a table near you is the mission of the hottest new franchise concept in North America, Primal Kitchen Restaurants. If you want to learn more about this one-of-a-kind franchising opportunity, go to PrimalKitchenRestaurants.com. That's PrimalKitchenRestaurants.com.